Hello. You are about to travel through the sixth dimension. In its fullness exists cinema entertainment that creates many forms, all while maintaining the same purpose, to tell and explore magnificent stories of the burden of existence. This is a dimension of imagination. Your hosts, Adam and Bailey, will do their best to guide you through vast perspectives in cinema that create new dimensions for all to admire. Welcome to AB Cinema. All right. Hello, everyone. It is Wednesday, April 27th. We had kind of an extended break here. I was out of town for the weekend. And uh, Bailey, what were you up to this past weekend? I got sick and my car broke down. So, so, so double header right there. Yeah, it was a great weekend. <laughs> it was a great we weekend. loved it. My whole family yeah. was sick. My daughter and my wife. And so, if I, that's if, if I sound a little bit weird, um, just know that I'm I'm fighting a cold right now. Hmm. Well, hope here's to hoping you get better, Bailey. But uh, I also got to see family. Fortunately, none of us walked away sick. But we had a baby shower and. Uh, it was super fun. Played a lot of volleyball. I'm, I, I was actually really sore for the length and amount of volleyball that was played, but it was super fun. I have to do it again sometime. But um, we'll just get on into the news today. So one of the big things going on this week is CinemaCon. And Bailey, could you give maybe the people who aren't sure or don't know what CinemaCon is, could you give a little bit of, ex- of an explanation as to what CinemaCon is? Yeah, so CinemaCon is really like a celebration of theaters. Um, CinemaCon, uh, like big theater groups will attend uh, CinemaCon, and it's a way for them to see like the studios are, they still care about theatrical releases and um, movie theaters are their priority, keeping them open and explaining how their films are going to be bringing audiences to their movies. And so it's it's just a time for studios to it's really just an excuse to show theaters, um, theater companies, the footage from new movies that are coming out in the next year or two. Which is super nice and super exciting. And we've gotten a lot of footage, a lot of news coming out of CinemaCon. And so we want to jump into that. Uh, Some of the some of the things that we knew about or some of the things we learned first off was that Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse got renamed, and it is now the, the sequel to the end of the Spider-Verse film is now called Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse. And the first 15 minutes of it were also shown at CinemaCon. And Bailey, did you look up anything about the news that went on there, or about the film, that, the footage that was shown? Actually, the second movie is still titled Across the Spider-Verse. Part two is just named Beyond the Spider-Verse. Gotcha, and gotcha. I did. Re- I read the first fifteen minutes, which I probably shouldn't have done because I really want to see this movie with fresh eyes. Um, but I'm gonna eat up every minute, every single spoiler of this film. Um, but it, I'm not gonna say anything about it. But it's gonna be good. If it's anything like the last one, which uh, they've said that it's, the first fifteen minutes are actually really heartbreaking, and I won't explain why. But it's out on the internet. You can go look it up if you want to. Yeah, I'm super excited for this one. And I mean, it's it's interesting that they've that they've gotten you know they've actually have like an entire sequel. Na- they've they've named all of these movies, so that's exciting as well. And another another bit of news that came out was that Venom Three and Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, both made by Sony, announced that they would have sequels. 
And Bailey, how do you feel about how this news right here? Um, Venom is a guilty pleasure of mine. They're not great movies. They're they're just there to turn on when you're trying to fall asleep, which I'm very good at. Um, but yeah, Venom three is coming out, which we all kind of expected that. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. I don't. Did you see that one? No, I didn't. It was actually really good. It hit really heavy on the nostalgia, but the storyline was really powerful and sweet, sentimental. Um, it did a really it did service to the Ghostbusters franchise, unlike the twenty fifteen or twenty seventeen movie that came out. Is that the one where they they you know the gender swapped one? Yeah, the gender swapped. Yeah. So and then additionally, Sony also announced that Bad Bunny was cast as El Muerto. And Bailey, do you know what El Muerto is? Because I read this and I had no idea what this was. No, I, I honestly, I saw the article and I was like, I don't care. I don't give a crap. Who's El Muerto? And then I started, um, I went back because in another article that I read off of comicbook.com had referenced that he was cast as the Spider-Man villain. And I was just thinking, I've never heard of this character and if you go onto Twitter and look up the conversations surrounding this character, nobody else knows who this character is. <laughs> so um, Sony, we don't know what they're thinking. They could have easily gone with Spider-Man 2099 or announced a live-action Miles Morales show or movie, and it would have been awesome. But instead, we got El Muerto. Yeah, and... I mean, yeah, who knows? It's And this is with Sony, right? This is a Sony Spider-Man villain? Yeah, this is a Sony Spider-Man villain. So it's going to go along the lights of, likes of Venom, uh, the almighty Morbius, and uh, Craven the Hunter. Yeah. So and is Aaron Taylor Johnson playing Craven the, Hunting? Craven the he, Hunter? He is. And that's okay. the only reason I'm really excited to see that one. Yeah, I like Aaron Taylor Johnson. I just, and you know... I guess, you know, Sony is going full steam ahead with these live-action Spider-Man adaptations and will hopefully make an entire Marvel Universe out of just the Spider-Man characters. So we'll see what happens there. Out of all of the crappy characters. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, even even initially, I think the characters they chose for the Marvel um, Universe weren't, like, considered the mainstream characters, but they did surprisingly well with that. However... Sony is swinging in the opposite direction, so yeah, they have they have all these characters that even comic book fans are like super you know excited to see put on the screen, and then the movie comes out and we're like, oh yeah, we that, this is our fault. This one's on us. <laughs> yeah, but um, moving on, just today or just yesterday, Batman Two was announced by by Warner Brothers and Matt Reeves. And what else did they say? Did they say anything else in particular on this, Bailey? Nope, just that it's going to happen, um, which we kind of, we already saw that coming because the, the movie itself um, left it open for a sequel uh, with the Joker and um, it's very heavy, heavy set on the world building. And so we, we already knew this was coming, especially with all the spinoffs they've announced. So I'm excited to see what they do with this. I've rewatched it since then. It took me three watches to get through it. Because of my daughter, she loves Blue's Clues, and we can't get enough of Steve in our house. But uh, we we finally finished it the other day, and uh, it was it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, and 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. It, it, and it's no surprise to anyone. He also said that he was very... Matt Reeves, the director, said that he was very committed to theaters in the long term. So that's exciting. I think he has big plans with this movie, with this franchise. And who knows? Maybe maybe this will be the Batman franchise that defines you, Bailey, because we know you aren't, you aren't well-liked on the uh, Christopher Nolan Dark Knight trilogy. I, uh, the trilogy as a whole. The the Dark <laughs> yeah, yeah. Knight movie is one of the best Batman movies there is. Yeah. But that's go listen to our first podcast ever and you can hear all about my rant about the Dark Knight trilogy. <laughs> well, moving on, we saw news that we, we saw more footage about The Flash, Black Adam, and Shazam, Fury of the Gods. And of all these things, the one that interests me most is that they showed off some of the Flash footage given all the trouble with Ezra Miller recently because who knows when that film will even come out. And did you read, did you hear anything about this footage, Bailey? Is there anything of these three movies that excites you? Yeah, I am going to spoil a little bit of the flash movie. So Michael Keaton is back as Batman and they de-aged him for the film. So it's going to be really interesting to see how his role is, is integrated into this movie. Um, the Black Adam footage, I'm not really sure what happened with that. I think it was just the trailer, and so there wasn't a lot to describe of it. But that comes out, I believe, this December, um, or late, just later this year. So, or no, Shazam: Fury of the Gods. Shazam does, yeah, yeah, because it's going up against uh, Avatar. Um, Avatar two. Yes, the yeah, like you said, the one that intrigues me the most is the Flash. But the one I'm most excited for is the Shazam movie, just because it was it was a quirky, lighthearted movie. It felt completely disconnected from the DCU. And I enjoyed that. And so I'm I'm really excited to see what what they do with this new one. Yeah. I, I am too. I really liked Sean Levy in the first one. Again, I probably need to get around to watching it or rewatching Zach, it again. Zachary. Who did I say? You said Sean Levy, the oh, director yeah. of uh, the Adam the Project and Deadpool Three. Yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. I'm ex- I, I have to rewatch it again just to see what I think about it again, looking back because I haven't watched it since. But I remember going to theaters and enjoying it quite a fair amount. So it that was uh, the it was the underdog. And yeah, it, it really was. It did well for being an underdog. <clears throat> and now it has to go up against Avatar Two, which is like a rocky. Which is like yeah. a Rocky Balboa situation here. I, I feel like it's just going to, it's not even going to do well at the box office. But it is Christmas time, so people are going to the movies multiple times. So we'll see. Absolutely. And looking forward, we have, we got a first look at Wonka, which is the Willy Wonka prequel series, prequel movie starring Timothy Chalamet as a younger Willy Wonka. And we also saw footage of Elvis. Uh, which is starring Austin Butler and Tom Hanks, and Bailey. Out of these two, did you did you see any of the footage here? No. So, uh, just a thing to mention: everything that we've talked about regarding footage that was shown is exclusive to CinemaCon. Once in a while, they may release a trailer. Um, like I believe we're probably going to get this the new trailer for Nope this week from Jordan Peele which I'm really excited about. And we may get some more trailers as well, like maybe the first trailer for Avatar 2. Um, but I, I see that more likely debuting in front of Doctor Strange too. Um, but the one out of these two movies, the one that intrigues me the most is Elvis. 
Um, just because that trailer, that first trailer really caught me. And I, I, I've never been like an absolutely huge fan of Elvis Presley, but his music is so iconic and recognized everywhere. And so I'm, I'm really excited to see what Austin Butler brings to the role of Elvis and Tom Hanks as the Colonel. Yeah. I, I, I'm interested in this, but at the same time, for some reason, I'm not entirely. It seems kind of, I, I have to wait until it gets closer. I feel like, see, for you, the trailer looked super good. For me, I'm like undecided on how I feel about the trailer. I feel like it looks like, you know, another another version of Walk the Line. The director, Boz Lerman, came out and said that he's he's a fan of biopics, um, but he called this, he said this one is not a biopic. And so it's really, I don't know how, he explained it like a superhero film, which kind of made me a little nervous. Um, but he it's said Elvis's that, origin story. El, yeah, it's Elvis's <laughs> origin story, and he said it goes. It's the history of America through the fifties, um, sixties, in that era, the time that Elvis was alive, and his rise to fame and his fall from glory. Yeah, <clears throat> but that'll be exciting because I mean I'm going to skip a little, a little bit ahead here. Austin Butler, who will star in this Elvis picture has also been confirmed, as well as Florence Pugh, on the Dune Part 2 filming. And so, I mean, we'll get to see what Fade Rautha will look like in Elvis, and maybe get a glimpse <laughs> of what he can do. He's going to have a low-cut V-neck in, in Dune Part 2. <laughs> he is. He's going to come out and start singing uh, an Elvis song. But well, how, how do you feel about that it's you know been announced that they're officially on this film here? I'm excited. I'm I'm excited. Anything that's relating to Dune gets me excited. I trust Denis Villeneuve, and the actors and actresses that he's cast have all been stellar, and so seeing this news got me excited. Um, but I I'll be more excited when I see the first trailer. <sighs> yeah, that'll be super exciting. And I think something else that I'm looking forward to is I just want to know you know, how big of a role Austin Butler will play because in the book, it's pretty substantial. And, you know, I feel like to some degree, even the first part of Dune at being, you know, almost three hours long, still had a lot to get through. And I feel like Dune part two will have just as big a task in, in, in a shorter runtime. You know what I mean? So, but I'm excited. Again, I, I agree with you. I trusted him even on new. It's been his dream to do this and, you know, more power to him. Give him anyone he wants in Hollywood and people that are excited. And I'm a Florence Pugh fan as well, so double double whammy. And moving on, so that's you know that's all the news that we have coming out of CinemaCon as as of today. Uh, Netflix announced recently, Spiderhead with Chris Hemsworth will come out in June or July. What is this film about, Bailey? Um, I don't know. I just know that it's a spy thriller. It's part of Chris Hemsworth's overall deal with Netflix, which he did the movie Extraction, and I. Th- believe he has another movie out with them as well but this is just part of their deal together um and so it's going to be a spy thriller with chris hemsworth in it um what more can we say than it's probably going to be mediocre since it's from netflix yeah and speaking of netflix i mean we don't have this on the document today but how do you how what is your perception of netflix in this moment given everything that's happened in the past week and a half. Cause I feel like in the past week and a half, Netflix was kind of, you know, just not, was one of the top streaming services doing super well. 
And then all of a sudden they started to tumble really fall. They were in the news every day. Yeah. Um, honestly, I out of all of the streaming services that are there, um, besides Peacock, I see Netflix as one that's going to go bankrupt. And I don't think it will like, it will, I don't think it's going to be like a, it'll be very quick when it does happen. Because Netflix is known to just shovel money and print money for these shows when they don't have, they, they aren't getting the resources back. So um, I think it's going to end in probably 10 years. Tops. Yeah. I feel like all of a sudden they went from being a super big powerhouse to, and I'm not saying that they're not, you know, they still have subscribers, but I feel like they're, they of all the streaming services made a bunch of news last week and it wasn't good news. It was their stock price was falling. They lost a bunch of money. They're losing subscribers. They're making moves that are unpopular with their current subscribers, such as password sharing, you know, raising their prices. It's just, it's just, at the right time, all of this decided to come out and keep going downhill. And maybe, you know, they started saying, we're losing subscribers. This is why we're doing these things. And they released information like that to the public so that the public could be aware and know, okay, this is why we're doing things. But I just don't even think it's playing out well for them at all. It's just that past week for Netflix was super bad. Yeah. Uh, honestly, Netflix needs to take back their approach to movies every weekend and shows galore because they they i believe they they got scared when disney pulled all of their stuff out when peacock pulled the office and um friends was taken to hbo max and now downton abbey is leaving um which believe it or not i actually am watching that and i actually really like it um <laughs> and i'm not falling asleep in that show surprisingly really um, yeah. Of all the of, shows you fall asleep in, Downton Abbey is one that keeps you up. Yeah. Well, it's it's gotten <laughs> intense these last couple episodes. Season three, man, it hits like a train. Um, but yeah, it's actually a really good show. We're trying to binge it to watch the new movie that comes out next month. Um, yeah. And I feel like another thing is that you're super. You're right. They need to move away from movies every week. I feel like a lot of show, a lot of streaming services are making a real effort to. Maybe do what Netflix did at the inception of like providing premium streaming content. Like I think of Hulu's Only Murders in the Building. I think of HBO Max as a ton, but like they have Barry that just started coming out this past week. Paramount Plus started big with 1883. They they started big. That came out like after they rebranded from CBS All Access. They started with the Star Trek shows. Yeah, I mean, those were a mistake too. But, you know, that's what I'm saying. But I identified Paramount Plus as being with 1883. Yeah. So when they rebranded, they were like, okay, we need to do something. And that, and they turned it into, you know, this premium content. But, yeah, tough luck from Netflix. Uh, moving on from a company that isn't Netflix, the Lightyear trailer came out. And they created some sort of digital IMAX camera for this movie, Bailey. What does that mean? I, I don't even know. I don't know how it works. But it's really interesting because they this movie is made for IMAX. And um, the weird thing is with animated movies, it's not like they're made for IMAX, my, IMAX uh, screens. And so it's really interesting that they actually created a digital IMAX camera 
just for this movie. Um, and it looks like a spectacle. I don't know if you've seen the trailers for this, but I'm really excited to see it. Uh, to see Chris Evans' take on Buzz Light. Buzz Lightyear, excuse me. And I'm just really excited to see what Pixar does with this one. Yeah, I agree. It looks, it looks, you know, the differences that I heard, um, some discussion about whether or not this is going to be just a vehicle for Disney to have a crazy sci-fi film be made. And they're already releasing another one. They're releasing a movie later on this year in November, and it's called Strange World. And that one is super sci-fi, like inspired by, you know, sci-fi pop, um, like like pop sci-fi magazines that came out a lot during like the 70s or 80s. And so it's interesting to me that, you know, they're making these two sci-fi films. And, you know, I just want to see, I just want to know which one I think will be either more sci-fi or which one just does more, you know? Yeah. Out of those two, like we haven't seen anything for whatever the movie you just said. Strange um, World. Strange World. Uh, yeah, we haven't seen anything for that. But Lightyear is probably going to hit bigger because it's it's going to go it's going to reach further audiences because of the the kids that grew up on on yeah, Toy Story. Of the established brand name. And then the kids that are just excited to see it because it's a new Disney movie. So it'll be really interesting to see how it goes with Disney's year of sci-fi. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So do you have those two films to look forward to? Maybe they made a digital IMAX trailer for that, a camera for that one as well. And moving on, we have some news about Laura Donnelly. What's the news here, Bailey? What's going on? Yeah. So there's a chance there's rumors. It was heavily rumored a while back that uh, werewolf by night, a Marvel property was going to debut in Moon Knight. We haven't seen the werewolf by night in Moon Knight yet, and there's two episodes left, so if they were to introduce him, it would be kind of like shoehorning the character in um, at this point. But at the same time, uh, this actress that has been cast in Werewolf by Night, uh, called Laura Donnelly, uh, she has reportedly going to be playing Elsa Bloodstone which I, I know nothing about the character, but I'm excited to see what they do with this. Um, this. This will be Marvel's first Halloween special. It's already finished filming, and it's supposed to premiere this uh, coming Halloween season. So it's it's going to be exciting. I don't know what he, I know you don't know anything about this character either. Yeah, I have, I have no idea about this character. I have no idea about this Halloween special. So let's just... Let's see how Moon, let's see how Moon Knight ends, and then we'll come back to this news. Because <laughs> you know, I feel like so far I've kind of liked Moon Knight, and even then, you know, I've liked Moonlight. I've like I've liked different episodes of Moon Knight than you have, and you like different episodes than I have. And so it's just I want to see where where that story ends, and see if I have more reason to be more excited or less excited for Marvel projects, uh, especially TV shows going forward. But. And that's the news we have on the Werewolf by Night show. And the Super Mario Brothers movie, which is Chris Pratt voicing Mario, has been moved to April 2023. So we won't get that for another year now. And I would ask you how you feel about this, but at the same time, I just, I feel like, yeah, I just saw you. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel indifferent about Chris Pratt playing Mario. It's going to be weird. 
but it will I'll, we'll just have to wait and see when the trailer comes out this fall yeah absolutely and yeah you know for what it's worth i was watching a bunch of parks and recs <laughs> bloopers chris <laughs> pratt's a funny guy he's he, hilarious uh, he's hilarious and i mean that's not that it's not even that we're doubting his hilar- his you know comedy it's just how he fits in as playing super mario which is a voice well recognized by everywhere by everyone everywhere around the world is be is almost baffling to a degree but we'll see and he's not even going to be trying to do a mario voice i guess yeah i well like you said we'll have to just wait and see <laughs> yeah that first trailer is going to make or break the franchise yeah they ha- yeah who knows but moving on um i think that's all the news that we have today do we have any buzz for uh thus far bailey no, no, just tons of news, but we we did see some movies this last weekend. Do you want to talk about that? The Northman? Oh, yeah. The Nor- yeah, my first when I got out of the movie, I texted Bailey immediately and said, "This is not the movie you thought you were going to see." Just because the trailers made it look like Alexander Skarsgård was going to just be a viking ripping people's heads off for 2 hours. And it had a lot more to do than just that. It was so Robert Eggers and its execution to some degree because it was, his movies are very strange and off-putting. He's, he operates on a certain level and they're not mainstream or as easily accessible as other films. For example, his first movie, The Witch, is so much different than The Conjuring, even though they're both horror movies, just because of his execution and the way he he frames things and how much he doesn't show or <laughs> how much he does show. And even in The Northman, you know, he apparently he went through and had to screen his films and he didn't get final cut on the movie, so he some of the things were a little more put in than other films of his, but even still it is for a long it's you know it's a hamlet story and it plays out very much like the lion king except also not <laughs> it's just it's a crazy film it was yeah if you're expecting to walk into the movie and just watch alexander skarsgard be crazy and raid people uh just go watch john wick or go watch Kill Bill. You know, go watch another revenge movie. This one has a lot more going on. Alexander Skarsgård is great. Uh, Ethan Hawke for a little bit. He's in his good. Nicole Kidman is superb. She's kind of... There's a whole thing going on there between her and Alexander Skarsgård, his mother and son. And Anya Taylor-Joy is great. And Fjallner... Um, Alexander Skarsgård's uncle is also just super well, just super quiet, super contained. But is that Willem he, Dafoe? No, he's no that man's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Willem Dafoe, <laughs> Willem Dafoe does his own thing, but um, he's for for the time that he's in it is also super good. No, it is Clay's bang, and he plays Fjallner, who is um his uncle, you know. I'll avenge you, father. I'll save your mother. I'll kill you, uncle. He just plays it super good because he, you know, it's just, it is a, it's a movie 
don't know how else to say it. I I can understand. You know, I feel like my taste for movies is to some degree mainstream, but I also like to get off the beaten path every once in a while. But this one is so hard for me to just easily say, hey, you should go see this movie because I feel like it's just, if you you have to see his other films to understand what kind of movie you're going to get into. And it's because at some parts it's horrifying, it's bloody, it's just... It's it's a movie, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just stick with The Lion King for now then. <laughs> My daughter can actually watch that one, so we'll we'll just watch that in our house for now. Yeah, that's a that's a good substitute. Especially for <laughs> your daughter. Yeah, definitely not going to show her The Northman. Um I I on the other hand uh, got out to see The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Uh, I pushed through my sickness and my car breaking down and still got to the theater and I saw massive talent. And my thoughts after leaving this movie were, I missed a lot. Um, I missed out on a lot of the funny jokes. They were still funny, um, but that may have just been because the rest of the audience was laughing too. Um, I'm a casual Nicolas Cage fan, which means I've literally only seen National Treasure, one and two, Ghost Rider, uh, probably a couple other things that he's been in. Um, yeah, this this movie is definitely not for the casual audience just because it does have so many deep cuts. But I will say this, the storyline itself was very enjoyable. Um, it shows a different side of acting that you don't see, um, especially for struggling actors who are struggling to find their next big role. Um, Nicolas Cage did a really good job acting in this. And honestly, Pedro Pascal and Nicolas Cage's bromance was just on top. It was so good. Their their chemistry was was just delightful. I wanted to see, I I've only seen Pedro Pascal in the and the Mandalorian. I know he had one of the most gruesome deaths on Game of Thrones and uh I seeing him in this he he looked like he had so much fun filming this, and I I hope we see a lot more of Pedro Pascal. And he actually recently came out and said that working with Nicolas Cage reinvigorated his drive to be an actor, and that it was just this movie just seemed very close to the heart for these actors and for this cast. Um, it it. Nicolas Cage is really funny in this movie. He has his alternate persona, Nicky Cage, uh, who's based off of uh, one of his old roles in another movie that I I've never seen before. But what which one? I I'm I'm at a loss on that is right now. Is it Face Off? No, it's not Face Off. It's he's <laughs> like he he's essentially like a punk rock musician. Okay. Okay. Um, but he's. There's some really funny banter between Nicky Cage and Nicolas Cage, or Nick Cage, and uh, it was just a really delightful film. Now, um, for who should see this movie, if you're a big Nicolas Cage fan, or if you really like Paddington 2, you'll, you'll really like this movie. And that's a <laughs> reference to the movie, so just go watch it and you'll, you'll understand. It's actually really sweet. This movie is made for the Nicolas Cage fan. Um, 
or the Nicolas Cage enthusiast. So if you really love his movies and are familiar with his work, go check it out because you'll really enjoy it. Yeah. For the average audience, I would say just stream it if it ever goes on to a streaming service. Um, if you're a Nicolas Cage fan, watch it in theaters or buy it when it comes out. Yeah, and neither one of these did super well at the box office either. Bad guys, the bad guys, the animated DreamWorks movie uh, topped the box office and knocked Massive Talent and The Northman out. Because again, I feel like even for me, I went and saw The Northman and left the theater and thought, this is one of those movies that I don't think will do well because it might have it had the best Thursday night previews, you know, of all the of all the films. But I'm sure, like me, I walked out and thought, who do I recommend this movie to? Like, because it's not the film you think you're gonna see. And it's and again, if you're really interested in Robert Eggers as a filmmaker, and if you're interested in the story that inspired Hamlet, written by by Shakespeare, then by all means go check out this film. It's you know equally atmospheric or all these things that I've said before, but I, you know, I knew it wasn't going to stand out. I'm a little surprised that unbearable weight of massive talent didn't pan out um, commercially either though. It was, it was still a really good film. I I enjoyed it. It made me laugh quite a bit. So I like even the casual fan would enjoy it. And I am sad that it didn't do as well as, as the bad guys did. (laughs) As the bad guys. (laughs) Or Sonic the Hedgehog too. Yeah. In their second weekend. But so those are the movies that we watched. Uh, the other thing is, is that Barry and Better Call Saul have both come out this week already. And they're both great. We're a little bit further into Better Call Saul. We're three episodes in, which is nuts to me because we're only three episodes in. And if you've seen Better Call Saul, we still have an entire season to go. And Barry just started and kind of just got to the point a little bit. And I love it. I think it's hilarious. I think it's funny. Jeez, man. If you haven't watched Barry, you got to watch that too. Yeah, I got to check that out after Atlanta's over. Um, <laughs> I started to watch the last episode. <laughs> it, was, it was good. It was really good, actually. I, I really enjoyed these last two episodes. I stayed awake through them both. Um, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't sleep last night, and I was like, it's time to watch Atlanta. Yeah. And so I, I finished Atlanta. Um, I did fall asleep. I had to watch the last, not the newest episode, but the one pre- prior to this one, uh, like four or five times because I did keep falling asleep. But it was really good. It was well worth the six times I watched it. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully. Are you still watching Halo? Did you catch last week? Uh, I, I put it on in the background. I, man, Downton Abbey has got me hooked though. Like <laughs> Halo, I could do without, but Downton Abbey, I am pumped for a new era coming out next month. Oh my god. I'm ready for it. Give me all of the <laughs> early 1900s era British. It's so funny that in shows. two shows competing for your attention, Halo is the one that's losing. Which isn't your fault. I agree with you. It's a horrible show. I threw it on the other day and I thought, man, this is like a struggle to get through this episode I'm watching right now. And I don't think I finished it. The funny thing is there's this website I go to called comicbook.com. They're owned by CBS. 
And so they're always posting about Halo. And I feel like this website is just trying to really push Halo as this great show. And every single article I see about it, I'm like, you know what, maybe I'll give this next episode a shot. I turn it on and I'm absorbed in my phone more than I am the show, which is part of the condition of human society these days. But <laughs> it, it, it's, it doesn't have my attention and that's okay. It's not made yeah. for me, but Downton Abbey is. I feel like, you know, usually I can sit down and throw a show on on my phone and sit there and watch it. And I feel like even with Halo, I'm like, you know, did I get a text? <laughs> even if I didn't get a text, I'm trying to find something else. But I believe that's all the news that we have for today, and that's everything that we've watched. Are you looking forward to anything this week, Bailey? Uh, the penultimate episode of Moon Knight comes out today. And so I'm... I've heard this is a very big episode, so I'm really excited to ta- to catch it this morning and to let our viewers know our thoughts on Thursday. Yeah, and uh, as for me, you know what I'll be watching? Got to stream Atlanta. Got to watch Barry, and then come this time next week, I will have watched Better Call Saul again. So, man, I'm just I'm in a cycle right now. Also, we have like eight more days till Doctor Strange Two comes out. Yeah, you know, funny enough, I will not be able to see that the first week. So, really, you and Dan are gonna have to, you and Dan are gonna have to pot about it. Okay, and then uh, I'm gonna have to jump in later and talk about it because I will be at a wedding in Las Vegas, living it up. Are you Hopefully not going my... to the premiere? No, 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 no. Okay, gotta get out on thir- gotta leave on Thursday. So that's where I'll be. Hopefully, I don't well, I won't up. spoil it for you. Yeah, don't spoil it for me. Just pray I don't end up like the hangover, and uh, it'll be a great night. (laughs) All right, well, that should do it for us today. If you guys have any um, ideas, any theories, any comments that you guys would just like to share with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us through our various socials. Our Instagram is abcinema.pod. Our Twitter is abcinemapodcast. On Letterboxd, we are abcinemapodcast. And our Gmail is abcinema.pod at gmail.com if you care to shoot us an email from there. We hope everybody has a great day. We uh, look forward to hearing from you, and we're glad. We're sorry it took us so long to get back to doing this. But as always, keep watching movies.